um, I just wanted to start with kind of the reason, you know, people wanted me to do a podcast and YouTube channel for a long time. And this is kind of the reason why, um, the, is because of things like what I'm about to say. And the, the question was asked last week, you know, when are people going to stand up? What can people do? When are, when is anybody going to do anything? And I think that there's kind of one really general idea of what people think that looks like. And most people think, you know, grabbing a weapon, like hurting someone, you know, uh, militias, those those types of things. And personally, I don't necessarily see that as uh, the, the way that these things should be combated. I think this is a very easy and it's a very easy answer in practice physically so and what I mean is and I'm going to beat this dead horse I've beat this dead horse for years and I'm going to continue to do so but social media um, is something that, that's easily outside of the addiction aspect of it shutting down your Facebook is something that everybody can do today just start to demonetize these people and do what they do to everyone else to them and if I'm not mistaken it was last week no I'm sorry it was this week one of the people the uh from Facebook was caught on hidden camera. Again, Project Veritas talking about how much power Mark Zuckerberg has and how dangerous he is having consolidated all the power that he has. And so get off of it. You know, that, that would be primary. One of my primary things that I would recommend to people as far as the way to combat the left is get off of their platform, get off of their social media. The guy has made it known that they're out to extinguish free speech. He assisted in the fraud that took place in the last presidential election. Stay off of that platform by using it. Oh, I only I don't post pictures. I just I, I just keep up with my friends. It doesn't matter. Anytime that you use his site, you're generating revenue for him to use against you and abuse you. Stay off of it. Find it, it at the very least. Find an alternative, but. We don't need social media and all the negative things that come along with social media society-wise. This artificial interaction that everybody has isn't making anything better. And so in place of of people congregating, and and, and that's one of the things they've done with the coronavirus is that people don't congregate in in the way that they used to. So, um, again, it's an artificial replacement for, for human interaction stay off of it. Um, I had a conversation with a very close friend of mine last week. He's looking for bicycles for his family. He wants to buy some, some nice quality bicycles. And one of the problems he was having was that everything's made in China or Taiwan. So if you want an American made bicycles, a bicycle, um, there's very few companies to choose from and they're obviously very expensive. So in a situation like that, and I've mentioned it before, is that what I would do is do my best to if so and the the goal of this being is to not give money to the Chinese market. Stop stop buying Chinese garbage. That's another way to fight the left. The left in China, in China Facebook, all these people are in are in bed together, all these entities are in bed together. And so this is just one small aspect of how how you could fight back. Buy those bicycles secondhand. Any of these large purchases, Chinese, uh, a lot of the furniture, like your, your furniture outlets, that's all Chinese made made stuff that you, you can choose to not buy or buy some quality American made stuff secondhand. 
Or, or if you have to buy a Chinese product, this is something that's made in China, buy it secondhand so you're not putting new money into the Chinese market. Um, but the, uh, the, the biggest thing to, to, to me, um, and, and this doesn't directly correlate to necessarily you know, fighting back. It doesn't, it doesn't. So Hollywood, we, are, we know where Hollywood stands. It's a propaganda machine that, that in large part is ran by the Chinese. The same people that control Hollywood control the pornography industry. And so this is something that a lot of people, because so many people are addicted to internet pornography, don't talk about. So as a society, talk, talking about fighting corruption, fighting you know liberalism, the left controls the pornography industry and would like you to be on it. And pr- most people are. And so, um, and you have to understand too, this isn't like a, a, a self-righteous, sanctimonious uh, beatdown. I've, in my day, I've looked at more pornography than most people. Um, I've been addicted to pornography. Um, that's how I, I can attest to the fact that it's such a large problem in this country. But what a lot of people don't realize is you're looking at females, um, that in most aspects don't want to be there. They're there for money. They're there for drugs or in uh, certain circumstances more so than people would ever believe. You're looking at people that have been trafficked, you know, participating in sex acts that they don't want to participate in. These are trafficked human beings. And so as American men, is it right to sit there and look at an electronic device in secret where nobody knows masturbating to someone that's been trafficked? I think we all know the answer to that. So, um, it's, so I, I guess my, kind of my, my direction is if people are talking about, you know, fighting back, what can you do? Um, it, as a culture, this is somewhere that, so for an example, look, look at what happened in Atlanta this week. This kid shoots up, you know, these, um, massage parlors, Oh, it's a it's a hate crime against Asians, which he's according to what I've read, he's saying he's got a, a sex addiction, and getting rid of these places will help him cope with the sex addiction. Where do you think that that all of that type of nonsense comes from? It comes from it comes from a generation raised on hardcore internet pornography. It's a huge problem, and and it's a, it's somewhat. I mean, it, because this addiction occurs in secret. And it's not something like someone that's an alcoholic or someone that abuses prescription narcotics or otherwise. It's not as noticeable. You can't see it. So it's like this hidden problem. And all these people are doing it. And so, and it's tearing our society apart. So, and again, when I'm saying it's tearing society apart, like, oh, well, there's not many people shooting up Asian massage parlors because they're addicted to pornography. No, but there's people ruining their marriages, cheating on their wives. And all this... Um, do their finances are in ruin. And that's something that Dave Ramsey's talked about with regularity, the amount of money that actually gets spent on internet pornography, not to mention, obviously there's, there's free internet pornography, but a lot of people, or a lot of men rather, as to some women, get financially tied up blowing money on various types of pornography. And so if you've got that coming into your household, even if you think that it's in secret, it's not. That's coming across your phone that they track and they watch. They know you're looking at pornography. They know you're addicted to it. And by design, they've made you addicted to it. They've made the American man 
uh, of all age, race, um, level of income, it doesn't matter. They've made the American man addicted to this garbage. And if you don't, th- and like in China, there, there's internet controls by the CCP. They, they can't look at porno to the extent that we can, if at all. And I don't know the ins and outs of what they can do there, but there's a reason for that because it corrupts the mind. And so we've got legions of American men walking around duped by this stuff. You can't have a proper relationship with your family nor your wife and be addicted to internet pornography. So I'm sure there's a lot of people, well, if there were a lot of people listening to this, the people, some people that are listening, blowing that off, think about this. You have, a, yet again, another artificial mechanism coming in through your phone into your home where your children live in secret watching this, like if you don't think that that can do something to, to you psychologically, you'd be a fool because it is. And s- something that, that people can do today, right now to fight, get off of there, find something more productive to do because think about what the effect that this is going to have. If your children have the same addiction that you have, how is that going to affect their lives? Because this is getting exponentially worse because my generation didn't have internet pornography in the teenage years that that came later on we you had so whereas you had to obtain a magazine or a book by whatever measure before it was kind of a taboo thing now pornography i mean so if you look at what was that the grammys we just had is that what that was i think so um when you're on the, on the show so apparently this uh really popular like a rapper or whatever r&b i, I don't know it sounded terrible but um so Singing about her, um, you can edit the bleep bleep her bleep bleep wet bleep bleep. So, um, her wet vagina. <laughs> there you go. And so, and the, and this is uh, nationally syndicated syndicated television for your children to watch um, or can. However, and do you think Hollywood cares? Do you think the people that produce this aren't involved in all aspects of everything that I just said? They are, and so. That's that's where our culture is, and I would say the level that we are debased, there's a direct correlation to the amount of pornography consumed by Americans. And so I mean, we didn't get to what they had at the Grammys overnight. That wasn't like a switch that got flipped. So generationally, is and it's not just pornography, but I think that pornography is a, a big enough of a problem that it requires the amount of time that I'm giving it now. And... If you don't like it, I'm, I'm sorry, because you'll probably hear more about this in the future because I rail on it all the time in my personal life as well. And so, and people don't tend to like it. They, they tend to tune you out, but that's something that, that you can't have proper domain over your family with this inside your household. And I, I would also wager you can't necessarily, to, to uh, the best degree that you possibly can, have domain over your family and be addicted to social media, alcohol, and, and a multitude of other things. But the, the difference with some of those is, some are more apparent than others. So many American men specifically are hiding this problem for, from their spouse. And so they, they think because nobody else knows that it's not a problem. I assure you today, it is a problem. Have you been unfaithful to your wife? Have you thought about being unfaithful to your wife? Did internet, would internet pornography make that better or worse? What would? Oh, yeah, it would make it substantially worse. And the thing about us in our current time with the smartphones, the tablets, the computer, especially the smartphones, you could be anywhere with a screen protector and be looking at it. You could be beside your spouse. And think about what that does. I mean, just just 
mentally. I mean, you can't get that stuff out of your mouth. When you start looking at that stuff, I mean, it's planted in there. Mm-hmm. You know, if you see a car crash and you see somebody that's been severely injured, that is that is just tattooed in your brain. So you have to be careful what you allow in your brain. That's why I always sure. try to be careful about what I watch, what I listen to, and everything like that, because you're just planting seeds, and those seeds grow. Absolutely. And you're responsible for those fruits of those trees of the seeds that you allow to be planted in your brain. No, absolutely. And, and to expound on that, I think that's one of the reasons you have such um, – because people, I'm sure, are confounded by um, women – or I'm sorry, biological men participating in women's sports and wondering how we got here. Yet again, one of the leverage points or jumping off – springboards, rather, for – these things occurring pornography because when people widely accept this and your your sexual um desires unbridled you don't you don't look at the same thing internet pornography and sexual um desires grow and fester in an atmosphere like the internet like a lot of things do and so because someone can become a pro at pretty much anything by reading on the internet so, and obviously that's said in just to to large degree as far as being an actual pro. But what I'm saying is, you you don't you don't stay in one lane when you're addicted to internet pornography, and so that's one reason you see so many people. So the, what was it, the statistic that we talked about before? Eighteen percent of Generation Z identifies as LGBTQ. There's no way that internet pornography, unbridled hardcore internet pornography, doesn't have influence over that statistic because people don't have to physically find someone to experiment with. They can test the waters looking at this stuff in, in private and their brain can go all kinds of different directions. And so um, if, if you want to do something for your family, for your country, moving forward for your life and for the betterment of society, stay off of that thing, stay off of it. If everybody would, w- and again, that's so, and I, I want to say Pornhub is the number one, if not right there at the top of the, at least the top five, it's in the highest echelons of internet traffic. And so, wow, I had no idea. Oh, absolutely, dude. So that's, that's how, how bad this stuff is. And um, I'm trying to think what it was with the, uh, there was an outage. That's what it was when Facebook crashed last year, uh, you know, Pornhub fluctuated and then when it came back down, like everybody automatically defaulted, boom. Okay, well, this is shut down. Like, bang, we'll go over here. So that tells you it, wow. that my diatribe is at least somewhat legitimate. Like, I'm not pissing in the wind or, or, or you know, drawing a false correlation. That kind of shows you how that mentality is tied together. Like, when because people are probably in large part addicted to both. Because look at the, the usage of Facebook and people's inability to stop using it. It's, it's, pretty similar as far as internet porn and that like and some of it breaks down to just pure habitual behavior like bad habits and so how can you expect your government to stop having bad habits misspending and doing all the things they do if you can't mitigate and control your bad habits and that's something that i've said for years and years especially and uh when pertaining to just people's regular finance and that's kind of just basically the the soapbox i want to stand on that, that had been nagging at me since that question was asked last week. And, and there's, there's more answers to that question, but that's kind of the way I see it. People need to have control over their own devices, control over their household. And it's really hard to have control over your household when you have really any, any kind of addiction. And 
um, just because you can go to work and function and, and um, go to church and, and nobody knows that this problem exists doesn't mean that it's, that it's not a problem. And I would implore anyone that, that may be struggling with that, man, get a book, uh, read up on it. I'm not suggesting, you know, oh, man up, anybody can quit this like cold turkey. I know how bad it can be. Do some research, talk to somebody, get a counselor, get like an accountability buddy, whatever you have to do. There's a lot of things that that, that encompass that. But I think that, it, that it's a big enough of a problem. And, and again, don't misunderstand. I'm not saying, hey, stop looking at pornography and all these problems will go away. It's, that's not what I'm suggesting. I'm suggesting that having discipline in one of the, the, the worst areas that, that we have as a country uh, on an individual basis as far as addiction goes, having discipline there and changing your life will have positive ramifications everywhere else. Um, I would couldn't imagine the amount of time spent on, on that. And so... Yeah, there's no telling. Now, you mentioned you had a, a problem with this or issue or whatever with pornography before. Oh, absolutely. So how did you handle it? And after, Debbie, did you quit tur cold turkey? And what kind of effect did that have on your life when you stopped? Um, so right after our first kid was born, I'd listened to some, um, and my best friend, uh, he's actually the guy that, that's looking for bicycles. I think that's who sent it. it was, I'm pretty sure it was. So it was testimony of a woman who... Um, and it was actually tied into the the MK Ultra program, but she was seeing uh, she was dealing with um, parts parts of babies' bodies that had been ab aborted, and uh, she was noticing that it, some experimentation had occurred on them. And and really, all these years, I've, I've, I've kind of grew up in church. And so I no, I didn't kind of. I did grow up in church. I, I felt like I was forced to go to church. I, did, I didn't. I didn't like to go, but. Um, would listen to this woman's testimony had such a profound impact on me. It's when I realized that that Satan isn't an abstract idea, that the you know there's manifestation of Satan on Earth. I don't know, man. It kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. And within a few days of that, I'd I'd seen some stories about parents finding their abducted abducted children on the internet, you know, being filmed in in pornography and. And that was it. And so that was in 20, 2016. And uh, so, yeah, I, I quit cold turkey in 2016. So did your wife know that you were had a problem with pornography? No. So how, and I'm not saying you did just tell her, yeah, it would be hard to just say, hey, I just quit pornography cold turkey. But so inside, how did that change the relationship with your wife and your newborn child after you quit? Mm-hmm. Well, number one, you don't have to look over your shoulder and and wonder, you know, about oh, if I left leave my phone, just look through my the history of my phone or the computer. Um, did I clear the computer out? Like, and and let's be honest, dude, that's no way to live at all for anybody. And so I couldn't imagine what it's like for someone like running around on their wife with with uh, a lot to lose and and. Uh, especially with children. And, and so that's one of the things with internet pornography, like you're, you're going to treat your wife different because obviously everybody needs what a woman has. To, every man rather needs what a woman has to offer. And so if you're getting it artificially through your phone, you know, via the internet, you're going to treat your wife differently. So yes, things are more positive and you, you do look at your wife differently. Um, but you know, I'm also getting older 
And so my, my desires aren't nearly as, as strong as they were when you're say 18 years old. So, um, but primarily one of the main things I don't want my, my sons struggling. And this is a big problem for females too. Like it's like the younger, the younger age groups, like this is a really big problem with, with women as well, females as well. But, um, yeah, I know someone that caught their teen, a 12, 13 year old daughter looking at porn. Yeah. And so. I don't want them having the struggles that I've had, and generationally, they're going to have way bigger problems than what we did. Not only with that, but that stuff's going to soften your brain and make you more susceptible to the things that the left is trying to push. And, and man, it's it's heinous stuff. If you break it down to what it really is, and again, women don't want to do; they don't grow up wanting to 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 do this. And so, again, look, looking at a little, you know, small rectangle. They get, and think about that, you know, that, that small rectangle you're holding in your hand, man, people's lives revolve around that thing. You watch them in traffic. You watch them when you're out to eat. You watch them at the doctor's office. Everywhere you look, they're immersed in it. And that's by design. And so even your sexual needs are satisfied through this device that you hold in your hand. Think about that for a minute. Like, that's not okay. So your social net, your social life is contained in this, this apparatus you hold in your hand. Your sex life is contained with this apparatus in your hand. You're banking everything. It's, it's pretty crazy, and I'm not suggesting that I, that I have the answer to all of it and what the alternative to that is, but think about how abnormal that is that you included the sexual aspect of your life to be satisfied by this device. That's, not, that's so, so odd. And so children are growing up, and that's all they know. See, we never obviously had smartphones yeah. at, at that age, and now they do, and they've got access to all that, and kids are so smart. They can mitigate and, and work around any of the, the or most of the, some, not all, but the safety apparatus you would put on there to, to ensure they don't see those things, they can work around that. They're smarter than we were when it comes to electronics. They know about this stuff. And so where there's a will, there's a way. And so that's, especially as a father, that's one of your, your uh, should be a strong obligation to keep this a, away from them. You don't want your children growing up addicted to this stuff. So, um, but, you know, that that's my piece. Um and again, I've got a, a lot more answers to, to, to the question, what do we do? And so this, that's just one thing that I think that, that really deserved that amount of time to talk about it because that's how strongly I feel about it and that's how much I detest the stuff and that's how detrimental I think it is for our society as a whole. People have got to get off of it. But Yeah, and I want to mention you were talking about Facebook and how addictive social media is uh, just a few seconds ago. And... I ran into a guy that I haven't seen in a few years, and he he was a couple of years older than me, but we went to the same school, very popular in school, and he, you know, big partier, and he turned into an alcoholic at a young age. His brother did, his younger brother did, his younger brother's a drug addict, in out of prison, and this guy, the older brother, he's been to different kinds of um, rehabs and stuff for alcohol, not drugs, but always life of the party, just a drunk. And he'll tell you he's a drunk. And uh, I saw him. I knew he's been clean. I've heard he's been clean for a long time. And I saw him a couple of days ago, and he was in phenomenal shape. The guy's 47 years old, 7% body fat, ripped. Uh, I said, hey, I said, how's, how's everything going? You still clean everything? He said, yes, man. He said, it's been eight years clean. He had his token with him. He had his coin with him. He said, eight years clean. He said, I prayed about it and he said you know god just stripped away he said i didn't he said, i didn't even have any withdrawals anything like that 
and he kept mentioning Facebook. Facebook, huge conservative, and kept mentioning Facebook. And I said, yeah, man, I said, there's uh, a lot of people addicted to that. He said, I know it, man. He said, I can't shake it. He said, I'm on Facebook, scroll, 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 flip over to Instagram, scroll, 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 flip back to Facebook, scroll, scroll. scroll. He said, I can't give it up. It's horrible, man, and the amount of time wasted on that. And so, to use, and he gave up alcoholism, yeah. and he can't give up social media. To use his analogy is being more like that. One of the things, and it's funny, we were talking about it at work the other day because uh, there were some there, in the industry that I'm in. Like uh, hard narcotics is has been in it for a long time, and and so. I've heard people talk about cocaine usage, like it's just talking about, you know, taking a sip of water. And, and this is just as, as uh, far ago as last week. So, um, and to, to me, like when I, when I was, like D.A.R.E. program was popular when, when I was in elementary school. And man, it had, a, a, again, a profound impact on me. I've never even smoked marijuana, dude. I've, I've been mocked soundly for it my whole life. Um, but because of my comedic nature in regular life, people, oh, you know, you've smoked pot. No, I assure you, I never have. But um, I, I ne- and it's the same with, you know, Facebook. Like, and I had MySpace. I don't tell people how old I am. I had MySpace way back when. And I wouldn't say that I was addicted to it. I used it quite a bit. But, like, there was absolutely other things in life. But it, w- it was also on a computer, not on a, a smartphone. And so that's the, the smartphone is, is kind of the, the difference maker there. But... But with Facebook, like, I never, I never, like, it's kind of the same as, like, cocaine. Like, I never engaged in it. And so, even on the internet, like, YouTube and stuff like that, I, I don't even participate in comment sections, man. It's just, it, it's a waste of time. Absolute waste of time. But, moving on, we've got a good show today. <laughs> I have a nice little update today on uh, a story from a few weeks ago. And this is going to be an absolute shock to everyone here and everyone listening. Pretty sad about it. Want to be my pillow competitor? David Hogg forgot to trademark his company name. This freaking twerp. <laughs> Wasn't it going to be our pillow? No. Uh, want let's see. Progressive pillow entrepreneur David Hogg slept through the first step of creating a business. Good pillow got off to a nightmare start this week as multiple news outlets reported that the gun control activist apparently didn't trademark his company name. Now the moniker Good Pillow belongs to someone who is neither. <laughs> Mr. Hogg, nor his announced business partner, tech entrepreneur, William Legate. According to the trademark application, Good Pillow was being registered for a custom-built pillow to use the, the mark in commerce or in connection with identified goods and services. The website, meow, reported. Bear with me here. <laughs> I just want to... So, Mr. Hogg and Legate announced their plans to start Good Pillow in early February, specifically to drive out business conservative entrepreneur Mike Lindell and his MyPillow brand of bedwear. Quote, we're going to prove that progressives can make a better pillow, run a better business, and help make the world a better place while doing it, Mr. Hogg wrote at the time. The pair have, haven't yet produced any pillows or bedwear. And one of the things that I also saw from last week is that he, one of the, the, the I think it was like a fellow student or something like that, um, I want to say it was a black kid that he was happy to, to have him on to be the head of uh, their diversity committee for the company that doesn't exist and isn't even trademarked name or anything. <laughs> so yeah, first things first, let's check the diversity boxes next. Yeah, quite the business man we have there. On a scale of one to 10, 10 being the most slappable, like my, Michael Moore would be obviously pretty high, more or less slappable, the Michael Moore, who looks like Rosie O'Donnell, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> like, You're talking about David Hogg? Yeah, I mean, look at that, dude. Like, 
His, his face is shaped like a guitar pick stuck on a pencil. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to slap that kid. Yeah, he's, he's slappable, sure. Well, but, like, well, but he's got like such a thin little neck. Oh, yeah. Like, he, you know, oh, It's the, almost like if you choked him, you could wrap your fingers around his neck twice. <laughs> let's, let's see what Michael Moore looks like right now. You got to see this. I think we looked at him a while back, dude. If, again... I don't know what character from like it. Yeah, he's, he's maybe got, it was. He's got like the Adam Schiff neck, like it's it's oh, yeah. it's real, real thin. Pinched. Yeah, but look at this woman, and when he comes, or yeah, when yeah. when it well, shoot, did you see it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she is not attractive, <laughs> right? When it comes out as a, a transsexual, I, I will totally be shocked. <laughs> and that guy's going around advocating for masks like he's the picture of health. yeah like covid's gonna kill that dude i I think heart disease may get you a little bit he needs to double mask and pull the second mask down to hold his gullet up out of the way of his freaking armpits dude look at that like mask his mouth and his neck like mask his chins (laughs) well no just like a support structure from ear to ear to hold that up it's so loose yeah it's more like a bra for his neck (laughs) probably from copious amounts of freaking Looks like an alligator's gullet. He's so pasty, though. And it's it's full of some stuff. Listen, we'll put it like this. This is the best way I can put it. It's full of something that that has no business there from someone too young to put it there. (laughs) Can Can we put that... Is that okay? I think we can probably keep but that. The, the, okay, so the standard for what is and is not acceptable, by the way, is if the people at your at Rex's church hear it, or are they allowed to hear that? <laughs> because if the answer is no, you can edit it out. It's up to them what they want to hear. Which I think, I also think <laughs> all that, uh, that um, the quote that, that I was so mad that got edited out, I think that your people at church would, would be okay with that. I don't want to use the quote because then we edit it in, it's going to take away from it, yeah. the comedic value. Oh, we're going to edit that in, though. We'll put that into this episode. Yeah, I mean, you can sit in right here. <laughs> <laughs> So, anyway. But that guy's so pasty. And I, what is he worth? I mean, he's worth a freaking boatload, is he not? <laughs> he worth but he shit al- if you <laughs> But he always wears that hat that looks like an absolute dog turd. You know what I mean? Like, he it always looks, wears that stupid-looking hat. Looks, it looks like he stole it off somebody that had a career at Waffle House. Yeah. <laughs> you, know how, you know how their hats just sit on top of their head? Like, what did you take a new hat, stick it on the freaking grill, let it freaking halfway burn up, smack it with a spatula, and yeah, put, that, put like, it on this fat prick's head? That dude's hygiene is so bad, even his hat's greasy. <laughs> Dude, his hair. Look at those locks. Yeah, he. Oh yeah, I bet Levine loves that. <laughs> what, what else do we got this afternoon? Yeah, we've given that guy enough time. We didn't really talk about his weird shaped nose, though. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, I mean, here it's so you give that guy a couple of years, he'll just be a blob. He'll look like Job of the Hut. I don't think he's <laughs> going to make it that long, dude. Heart, heart disease. The Grim Reaper is in the form of heart disease. I think he's going to he's going to show up pretty soon. Oh, I heard because yeah, right. I was watching something since his failure but, on yeah. like David Hogg's failure yeah. that that guy because he was he's a Parkland shooting survivor. I heard that guy wasn't even no, there. No, yeah, that's the same thing. Like, like, he was. It's kind of hard. It's rather it's kind of easy to survive something. Like, dude, I uh, actually survived uh, a volcanic eruption. Well, I mean, that's what the, the commentator I was listening to. He's like, yeah, David Hogg's a survivor in the same sense that yeah. I'm a survivor. I, I, survived, I survived Parkland too. Well, I survived that uh, that tsunami that hit Japan a few years ago because I wasn't there. We were not, no, we're, none of us were there. Oh, so, 
Yeah, I don't know if that's true or not. I, I actually mean, I survived can, that. Obviously, uh, I wasn't there, so I can't account for the David Hogg's whereabouts. I I did survive the uh, those Asian uh, hand job places getting shot up because I wasn't there. <laughs> I, survived, I, mean, I, I survived as much as David Hogg did. I also survived as much as Ocasio-Cortez did at the insurrection. At the, yeah, at the Capitol. <laughs> insurrection, air quotes. But actually, I think that we probably were closer than she was. Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> Yeah, coincidentally. <laughs> but well, one last thing we're talking about slappable people, Kamalo Harris. <laughs> you know, say like who's the most slappable? Kamala. Kamalo Harris, Nadler, Schiff. Nad- I mean, they're uh, pretty much all Nadler. of them. Nad- you would Nadler, rather slap him? Nadler. Yeah, the penguin for sure. Yeah, he's more slappable than that's the guy Kamalo. that soiled himself on stage, right? Yeah, he's the one that took a hot dump and then <laughs> let, let, <laughs> he let me off sh- stage. Okay, well now let well, me. He didn't scurry. He shuffled. It was like yeah, a, he did shuffle. Was, yeah, he, uh-huh. his feet were like tied together. His cheeks were clenched. He was a, <laughs> a little shuffle across there. Let me up the game here. Hold on, because then when you add in demeanor and personality, let's see, see, see how this ranks up. We'll just let you listen to it. I won't show you guys. I'll let you hear it. No more questions. They said no. She has to go. What's, what's something that you always carry with you? Hot just... sauce. Really? You, yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You get in that formation right now? <laughs> Hot sauce. You know who it is by the castle. Oh, I guarantee it. <laughs> Now, yes. listen, I just want you to know, people are going to see this and say, okay, she's pandering to black people. <laughs> yes, she, oh, yeah. she, she sure yeah. enough is. Pandering okay. to black people. Mm-hmm. Is it working? <laughs> is it working? That, that's, yeah. how, that's how when you're 16 and you're talking to a girl, you're flirting with a chick, like, is, is it working? Because like, I didn't mean any of it. You're <laughs> paradise by the dashboard light. So, how, how, like, to me, she's probably the epitome of people I'd love to slap it out of, dude. I promise. I'm will, trying to think of a more evil-looking, more disingenuous person on the planet. Whose cackle is better, mine <laughs> or hers? <laughs> Yours is definitely less off-putting because hers is... Oh, that makes you yeah. feel so good. <laughs> I feel a lot hers better about my cackle now. Which what this will be is like the... It's the news clip of... I don't know if it's like a... Um, it's not the sheriff, but it's some kind of law enforcement. It's their spokesperson that's covering the Atlanta shooting, which we've talked about it before. Like today, the absolute ultimate sin above all sins, racism. Racism. So this guy, which obviously nut bar, this guy goes and shoots up, uh, I believe it was three massage parlors. Um, and I think he killed a total of eight people as I think what it ended up being. So, and this guy actually says, um, he gives reason as to why he did it. And it's because he feels like these massage parlors contributed or to his sex addiction. So this is the, uh, like I said, it's a spokesperson for some sort of law enforcement. It's not the sheriff but of, of that particular county, but go ahead. facility at the Cherokee County Adult Detention Center. Uh, we were able to interview him uh, with the Atlanta Police Department and the FBI. Um, he made indica- uh, indicators that uh, uh, he has uh, some, some issues, uh, potentially uh, What a dumbass haircut. And um, uh, may have frequented some of these places in the past. Yeah, he looks like he frequented those places. Yeah. It's still early on. We still have a lot of uh, uh, things to process. And, uh, What's this ratio? 
uh, this is the guy that was having a bad day, right? <laughs> yeah. Indicators right now are, uh, uh, it, it may not be. Uh, it may be targets of opportunity. Uh, again, we are we believe that he frequented these places in the past and uh, uh, may have been lashing out. Uh, and part of that is, is in your immediate packet as well. But the working theory is a sexual addiction issue rather than a racial profile. During our interviews, uh, we asked that specific question, and, uh, and that did not appear to be uh, the motive. Did not. So this guy asked and then ask again are you you're yeah. sure it's not racially motivated because especially now like with the you know can't call it the chinese virus you know trump's the ultimate racist he calls you know all kinds of violence and stuff to occur on you know people of asian descent whatnot and like this really man they were really so, itching I, for this guy to be right. racist like for this to be racially so motivated the, 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 that guy is using the equivalent of a freaking crowbar to try to to contort manipulate manipulate the narrative and pry it into oh Dude, if he said it once, what? No, he's the one that interviewed him, not your, not you. You sure it wasn't racism? Oh god. Yeah, man, I feel like it was racism. Which also, and I don't know if you, and it's worth watching if you haven't seen it. But Don Lemon did, and uh, I'm sorry, not Don Lemon. It was Trevor Noah, which. All of those shows like that that used to be on Comedy Central, like it used to be funny. You know what I mean? Well, Just not been, those shows, but the shows not, that used to be on. Yeah, there, the shows yeah. that yeah, previous shows that were that were on there, like when we were growing up. Mm-hmm. Like some of that stuff used to be funny, and now it's just all politically motivated and like just oh, hit smear jobs. Jo- yeah, yeah, hit jobs, whatever. So, but Trevor Noah got on there, he, despite you know this guy that has interviewed the guy that did the shooting, and then has answered multiple times that no, this isn't racially motivated. And what does Trevor Noah do? Push the racism agenda. Well, it might be because the guy that interviewed him was also white and extended the the benefit of white privilege to the white victim with that ridiculous-looking hairdo. But let's not forget about the chin beard. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. Nice. He's got yeah, a pretty that was, that was actually beard. kind of thought he might be Islamic with that, that goofy beard. Or maybe it just grew that. Maybe does it grow in all white trash like that? <laughs> <laughs> but I also like to have a moment of silence for every, everybody here. Say I if you know someone who has lost their life to white supremacy. So we can continue. Um, since that never happened. Uh, <laughs> well, what they don't mention, too, was I believe in those massage parlors. There were, you believe in the massage parlors? There were, <laughs> I do. <laughs> I know. I mean, I do believe that you believe. I, I don't believe. No, no, no. But the guy, I, and I think I'm right in saying this, but there were, he killed two white females in there also. Like it, was that white supremacy also? We're not, we're not going to talk about that. I, I, this guilty by association, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you tell me. What, <laughs> so... Well, that's the thing, though, too, like trying trying to, to um, figure out the psychological um, intricacies of, of someone that's crazy. Like, wh- look, man, if he's not normal, it doesn't matter what his motivation was. <laughs> he's not normal. He's obviously crazy because you guys don't apply that same standard to, say, the Fort Hood shooter, for an example. And so the media would try, if it's, if it's ever Islamic, an Islamic individual that perpetuates an act of violence they do everything they can to extend the amount of time they don't cover the motive because they don't want negative light being shed on islam not the case here so they and again that's right 
where you see them pull out their crowbar and try to manage and steer and and act as a rudder to direct. And so you're going to try this guy that that obviously if if he's at that level of interrogating that guy and then holding a press conference, he's he's been doing this a long time and he's got some seniority. But you're going to try to manipulate someone that's made a career out of this and your career was supposed I assume was supposed to be in journalism, but you're a, a hack. So you try to steer the dude with a lifelong career in law enforcement into what you want him to say. Go stand with your nose in the corner. I'll tell you. You, you know, what I'm saying like I'll tell you when you can leave, and, and it's not going to be anytime soon. You freaking hack. Well, that's like the whole. Obviously, this guy's nuts. Like he's he's off his rocker. That, but and it, honestly, the motivation, like the motivational factor behind it. I mean, sure, it matters. But are you really going to have any kind of logical explanation, like, but behind why it is that he did this? Well, what he, what we could do is get Hillary Clinton to be his attorney, and then she could testify that. The people are dead at this point. What difference does it make? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So why are you worried about racism? But that's what killed me, the whole notion of when they started really pushing the or the, the terminology of hate crime, <laughs> like there was any other form of... Like, well, dude, there's like, obviously love crimes. <laughs> yeah, like, like he went in there and what? Pillow fought him to death? Like, well, yeah, there's a different... Been, like, you ain't never seen a Namby-Pamby murder? Like... It's, it's, yeah, it's kind of like the pillow, but you just use your hands. It's like getting killed bad, but getting hate killed, <laughs> it's worse. Somehow. It, I get it. Oh. Because you fell <laughs> right before you died. Yeah, I, I mean. Oh, my God, you hate me. I'm dead. Yeah, I'm sure when this guy come in shooting, like, you, did they feel loved? Or I don't. I, don't, what? I mean, I, I don't get it. But that's what I'm saying. Like the motivational factor. I mean, it, I'm not saying that it's irrelevant because it, it is, you know, obviously everybody, <laughs> everybody wants to know why it is, you know, but sometimes dude's just going to be nuts. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, there's not really any kind of motivational. I mean, of course, like I said, racism, it's the ultimate motivator, but it, it's like they try and correlate everything with Trump now. You know what I mean? Like this is oh this this white dude killed Asians. Trump, Trump, Trump caused it. And and I deal with with plenty of Asian people at work and never heard anything about any like this supposed Asian hate crime. And like so and one of, like I deal with this stuff. I've known him forever. Like we we busted his balls a little bit at the beginning of the coronavirus, but like nobody even pays attention to the fact that you're Asian. Like nobody cares. No, nobody ca- like and we're in Hickville, North Carolina, yeah. so. I don't even, you know what I'm saying? I don't even know. Uh, yeah. I, I, again, it's fictitious, the Asian hate crime wave. Like, how many people do you know besides these that, that are being accosted because they're Asian and stereotypes? That's that's not a real But thing. even this, it's not because they're Asian. It's because this guy. It's because they were handing out hand jobs. More than likely, handies. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know him. <laughs> we beat you off before. Why are you shooting me? <laughs> <laughs> is that is that okay? <laughs> That's all I got. What were we talking about again? Oh, Grandpa tears this guy a new behold for a good minute. No reports of significant numbers of reinfections after acquiring COVID nineteen naturally. Shane Clawney, a virologist at La Jolla Institute for Immunology, concludes from his experiments that the amount of immune memory gained from natural <laughs> infection would likely prevent the vast majority of people from getting hospitalized disease, severe disease, for many years. In this study, which was published in Science, Dr. Prody 
showed that antibody levels stayed relatively constant with only modest declines over six to eight months. Dr. Crotty reported that notably memory B cells specific for the spike protein or RBD were detected in almost all COVID-19. It just looks so stupid having everybody paying it on to have everybody with a mask on. Yep. In other words, Dr. Crotty found oh, it gets better. evidence of long-term immunity after COVID infection. Furthermore, Dr. Crotty noted B cell memory to some other infections has been observed for as long as 60 plus years after smallpox vaccination, or even 90 years after a natural infection with influenza. That was a woman who got the Spanish flu, still showed immunity 90 years later. So rather than being pessimistic towards people gaining immunity after they've had COVID or had a vaccine, studies argue for significant optimism. In fact, there have been no scientific studies arguing or proving that infection with COVID does not create immunity. There have been no studies showing significant numbers of reinfections. Of the 30 million Americans who have had COVID, only a handful of reinfections have been discovered. In fact, the New York Times reported last fall more than 38 million people at the time worldwide had been infected with the coronavirus, and as of that date, Fewer than five of these cases had been confirmed by scientists to be reinfections. Scientists interviewed for the article concluded, in most cases, a second bout with the virus produced milder symptoms or none at all. Given that no scientific studies have shown significant numbers of reinfections of patients previously infected or previously vaccinated, what specific studies do you cite to argue that the public should be wearing masks well into 2022? I'm not sure I understand the connection of what you're saying about masks and reinfection. We're talking about people who have never been infected before. You're and telling everybody to wear a mask, whether they've had an infection or a vaccine. What I'm saying is they have immunity, and everybody agrees they have immunity. What studies do you have that people that have had the vaccine or had the infection are spreading the infection? If we're not spreading the infection, isn't it just theater? No, it's have not a vaccine and you're wearing two masks. Isn't that theater? No, that's not. Here we go again with the theater. Let, let's get down to the facts. Okay, the studies that you quote from Crotty. Look at the beak on that dude. He's pretty damn slappable himself. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, that's the thing you aim for his face, you're going to hit his freaking nose. They specifically say this does not necessarily pertain to the actual protection. It's in vitro. And what study can you point to that shows significant reinfection? There are no studies that show... Yes, let, let, me, let me finish the response to your question, if you please. The other thing it, it's actually let me finish not responding. Yeah. That's what ticks me off about these guys. ...in the concept of variants, that's an entirely different ballgame. That's a good reason for a mask. In the South African study conducted by J&J, they found that people who were infected with wild type and were exposed to the variant in South Africa, the 351, it was as if they had never been infected before. They had no protection. So when you talk about reinfection, you've got to make sure you're talking about wild type. I agree with you that you very likely would have protection from wild type for at least six months if you're infected. But we in our country now have variants that are circulating. Significant reinfection. What study shows significant reinfection, hospitalization, and death after either natural infection or the vaccine? It doesn't exist. 
there is no evidence that there are significant reinfections after vaccine. In fact, I don't think we have a hospitalization in the United States after the two-week period after the second vaccination. Yeah, you have a death in the United States. You're not hearing what I'm saying about variants. We're talking about wild type versus variants. And now, for me, if there, what proof is there that there are significant reinfections with hospitalizations and death from the variants? None in our country. Zero. Well, because we don't have a prevalent of a variant yet. We're having one. What can I finish? We're having one one seven that's becoming more dominant. Policy based on conjecture. I'm assuming that he's talking about variants as far as being different variants of the coronavirus. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, different he's, strains. Which so, I, I think there are two. One in New York and one in California, I believe. There, there are two cases of it. Well, the thing but is, it's like this guy's banking on it. He's like, we don't have any of those yet, right. but yeah, we've got to keep and, everybody. And, dude, with your track record, you're not entitled to these hypothetical scenarios because it, that, and you used the model at the very beginning that projected 2.2 million deaths within a few months. Wrong. Um, you know, masks don't help. Now they do, they do, they don't, then double. Ma- so you, again, at the very beginning, he said, masks don't work. It gives you a false sense of security. Oh, they might catch a couple droplets, then on to most recently double masking, and then within the same weekend, uh, double masking doesn't work. We talked about it. Yeah. The, the and now he's sitting happened. here double masking. Didn't yeah, he go on record? So, didn't he go on record saying that the whole reason he said that masks didn't work was because of um, that was their way of trying to keep like a toilet paper thing from happening. Yeah. People running out. Didn't, didn't he? Yes. Does anybody remember? Didn't yes. he say there, something like he that? Went, he went back later and said that the reason he told everybody that was because he didn't want everybody to make a run on all yeah. the N95 masks and basically leave healthcare workers and things like that without. Well, the thing is, the media made him the foremost authority, and you're not the foremost yes. authority because Rand Paul, just like Dr. Biden, is a damn good doctor. He is a doctor, and so he has a better a better comprehension of, of what he's talking about than most, and which Fauci's specialty is infectious is supposed to be infectious diseases. But dude, your track record of your inability to to be right on it, you were right on nothing. Mm. Name one thing this dude was right on. There is making the most money of any other sure, person. Exactly, in the- and and there and there are there's correlation between the the uh, vaccine manufacturers and him. He has financial gain in all of this. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's why he's banking on these other strains oh, sure. getting here. Well, and, and I think and we can't count these out yet. They're coming. Yeah, and, and one of the things that, that I, I think as well is that if you're going to try to stretch this this crap out until at least the midterms, as long as people will buy it, they're going to sell it. And so the, they whatever they got to do, especially in Georgia where they're trying to get no excuse mail in balloting done, put it stopped. They've got to figure something out to continue that to maintain power because, again, in a fair election, there's no possible way they can win. And so that when I see this, that's what automatically springs to mind for me is their desire to continue doing this into the future so that they can continue to manipulate elections. And the Republicans are too damn stupid to, to stop them or too complicit to stop them. But what a little weasel, though. I mean, you look like a weasel. You absolutely talk like a weasel. And you have a track record of being an absolute weasel. You're a scumbag, dude. Get uh, same thing. Go stand with your nose in the corner, dude. You 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 don't need to be. 
you'd have zero business in the position that that's you're gonna in. have to be one heck of a corner for him to put that <laughs> beak in there yeah he, <laughs> that's true. he'd be standing in the corner he'd still be practicing <laughs> social distancing with the wall yeah he won't be able to wear a mask for another couple of years you've been vaccinated and you parade around in two masks for show no you can't get it again there's almost there's virtually zero percent chance you're going to get it and yet you're telling people with them that have had the vaccine who have immunity you're defying everything we know about immunity by telling people to wear a mask who've been vaccinated. Instead, you should be saying there is no science to say we're going to have a problem. You can but hear him in the background. No. No. That's not what I meant. You want people to get the vaccine? Give them a reward instead of telling them that the nanny state's going to be there for three more years and you got to. And, and this is where I'm, I'm going to have to disagree with Rand Paul. Like, with the, you know, you need to give people a reward. No. Like, you don't, like, you don't understand. Like, you don't have the authority to reward, you know, whether people do or don't wear masks. Like, I, well, he was talking about the vaccine. Yeah. He's talking about if you want to, if, if you want to get rid of vaccine hesitancy, I'll reward them by, you need to stay, yeah, you need to tell people after they get their vaccine, after they're good, compliant little subjects. Then here's your then, cookie. Yeah, then you can take your mask off, and and that's where we're gonna differ. Yeah, like no, I, I'm gonna take my mask off, and I'm I'm gonna live my life just like I did the previous, you know, thirty some odd years before. Like this, it's ridiculous. Like you you don't decide for me, yeah. my family, anybody else whether whether you do take the vaccine, whether you don't. Like whether a piece of cloth is gonna be freaking covering my face my family's face from here on out like so what people that don't get the vaccine you just like subject them to mass the rest of their life or i mean what what's what's I, the end game there ran i really don't know how how serious he was when he said that that it was more like a almost as if he was making poking fun of, of people being hesitant about getting the vaccine and and he was kind of like you know if, if you actually want somebody to do this give them an incentive to do it. I don't I don't know if he was so much advocating for, for the mass or not, but Devil's advocate. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it make, it makes for it makes for uh, good good uh which I mean I tend to agree actually. I, I think I, I see I agree with both like well, just he, he, he just should, from his background. Right. I, I don't think that yeah, he necessarily but he should and, and but to lend credence to to his, his point is that um he probably should have said it a different way, but yeah, because that doesn't, I don't like the way it sounds, but I think you're right. Yeah. I, I think he may have meant it a little bit different than way, the way it come out, but I don't know. I can't speculate on what he meant by it. what right. I can speculate on is what he said. Yeah. 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 I, I, <laughs> yeah. Um, Let me just state for the record that masks are not theater. Masks are protective. And we have immunity there theater. If you already have immunity, you're wearing Hang on, can't we go back and use his words to contradict what he just said? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, but, absolutely. I mean, but and we got that video just to be queued up. We got Does that, that video look like queued the up face later of an on. honest man, though? Like, getting, he'll deny saying You can play him a video of him saying it to himself, and he probably denies it. Look at yeah. him. He's like a used car salesman. It's it's like gonna my, start. It's gonna be like those uh, carbon neutral credits you could buy. Yeah, you'll be able to send in twenty nine ninety five to <laughs> us dot gov and get out of wearing a mask. <laughs> you'll have a little card. No, I, I paid. Has little beady eyes. They're so disproportionate, disproportionate to his big nose. You're not wearing a mask because of any I, I totally disagree with you. 
I totally disagree with you. No, I'm sorry. You don't understand the question. Yeah. No, like, I, I, could you explain I, this so we could understand it? I, I don't understand the question because it's it's complicated and nuanced, and so you just have to listen and believe what I say, even though I'm always wrong. But they, like they want to talk about why people are so apprehensive about getting the vaccine, and why people are so skeptical whether the masks do and don't work, like do or or don't or whatever. Like you people instilled that in. For one, your vaccine is not. Like it's not trialed, it's not tested. You have no no kind of data as to the long term effects of it. It's and for two, at best. <laughs> like that guy from the get go, like you said it, your words. And like you said, you could probably play him a video of his own words. He, he won't, you know, he won't acknowledge it, or you know, he'll he'll have an excuse for it. Talks the way around it. Uh, that's not me. <laughs> but <laughs> but we've got that's a that's a deep fake. We've That's got the a same video. AI that used for Biden when he was walking up to the camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty sorry. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, was just saying, I don't think that was AI. That was just a simple green screen that <laughs> any 10-year-old could have done better than that. Yeah. 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 That. And so what we're referencing is the, the video of... Oh, and this next video we got pulled up was is the actual interview of Fauci from the get-go. The reason people don't trust him and one of the many things that you could go back and look which this is i had trouble finding this video because i'm sure they want to scrub it from the internet yeah but um but why people don't trust what you say like you've you've been wrong way more than you've been right all right well this is interesting people should not be walking around with masks you're sure of it because people are listening really closely to them right now people should not be walking there's no reason to be walking around with masks when you're in the middle of an outbreak, wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better, and it might even block a, a droplet, but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. And often, there are unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask, and they keep touching their face. And can you get some schmutz sort of staying inside there? Of course, of course. But when you think mask, you should think of healthcare providers needing them. Hmm. I actually agreed with him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one time I'm going to give him the benefit of the yeah. doubt and say that he was right. Which I, 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 I like that guy. Who is that? Well, I think also, though, too, that, that was kind of at the point where the Democrats were still kind of just starting to um, politicize everything mm -hmm. with the, oh, no, come down to Chinatown and, and party and, and all that hogwash. Nothing. This isn't a problem because Trump was wanting to, to cut off uh, the um, flights and whatnot from from China and, and elsewhere, and you know Biden said he was xenophobic and racist. So um, I think that was in that time. Yeah, it was before you, they decided they were going to make it as serious as. It yeah, is. I think that was like that was posted like eleven months ago or something. So almost yeah, a that year. was just before so. they decided they were going to steal an election because of the virus. <laughs> yes. Yeah. When, when they realized that they could manipulate it into their own use, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, well, what's interesting is, um, well, actually, we should go to this after. Weren't you going to cover uh, Mr. Trips a lot? <laughs> well, no, I was going to say that the, the video we made reference to is the one where, if you haven't seen it, it was uh, on Bloomberg, 
where he they asked him if he was going to go to the to the uh, U.S. Mexico border, and he said no, uh, not anytime soon. And you could see the microphones were already in place, and the the in the video his hand moves underneath the microphone that's in the foreground, like they or I mean, above. I'm sorry, so complete. It, it, it was it was a green screen, blatantly using a green screen. And there's actually two angles for that. So in the in in the original video, from the perspective you have, he goes left, which would be towards the Washington Monument where Air Force One's waiting. But conveniently, another reporter stands up and blocks the camera. So the camera that you view that you have pans back over to the White House, like a little driveway, and Jin Saki and some others are standing there. And so, um, but no, the one thing that we did want to talk about, don't, don't call him trips a lot because it wasn't his fault. In fact, um, this is what, uh, what Stephen Nelson, the White House spokesman, uh, White House spokesman Karen, Karen, Karen Jean-Pierre, seems to blame the wind for President Biden's fall. She told reporters aboard Air Force, Air Force One, quote, it's pretty windy outside. It's very windy. I almost fell coming to myself. He is doing 100%. That dude hasn't been 100% in at least 30 years, dude. Um, but that probably was the wind's fault. Well, somebody went and looked up what the wind speed was there. It was like 10 to 11 miles an hour. Well, to him, that probably is pretty windy. Yeah. Because everything with him looks force. so forced and labored. Like, it, like he's moving very deliberate because he is so frail. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, look at look everything's at, very slow and deliberate. Yeah, it's look not, at him right here. Yeah, look at this. And that person can in tell, close proximity I mean, even, as well. Even from a couple of years ago, that guy's visibly thin. Yes, and and just frail looking. It's, it's a shame okay. that our military has to salute that dirt bag bastard. Look at look at him pause and kind of look at him like, oh, I mean, he's, oh, gosh. <laughs> How do you think that we're going to wind up? What's those little chairs that they attach to the steps? Oh, there, there's, there's already a meme of that. You yeah. think we're going to have that? Uh, next week, that thing will be an escalator. Yeah. Let's watch it again. The only way that would have been better more analysis. if he would have tripped and just <laughs> face slid all the way back. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, <clears throat> when I first saw it, Almost felt a little bit sorry for him just because he has he's everybody is in on this but him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder down. if he was thinking to himself whenever he started just to fall. Come on, man. Come so, on, man. I found a small video clip on the way down here. You have to just if if you want, you can edit it in. But it was actually of Biden poking fun at Trump mm-hmm. for taking it easy. Have y'all heard that one on the ramp? Yeah, going down yeah. the ramp. I remember yeah. when that happened. Which I didn't see anything abnormal with the way Trump went down that ramp, and uh, which that's the the, the difference. One of the many differences between the two of them, like Trump's demeanor, um, not only his size and stature, um, the authenticity that Trump has from his his past, his his history, what he's done for a living. This dude is a professional grifter that has ripped off the taxpayers for his entire career. And I don't know if you can look it up, but what did this guy ever have? And no, actually, I know that he didn't. He never had a menial, regular job like us. This guy has been in politics his entire life, and and he's not good at it. Which, in the traditional sense of, of being a grifter, he's great at it. He's a great stereotypical politician, dirtbag, good old boy system, rat bastard. But you're a terrible leader. You're... you're um, for anything worthwhile, you're, you're terrible. But um, Trump moved and co- commanded the room completely different. This dude's so 
you so wow, man, that looks even worse from that angle. What a dip. I wish he would have cracked his head, dude. <laughs> I feel, I feel yeah. sorry for him, but I still wish he would have busted his head open. Don't that look like a powerful leader of the free world right there? That's no, a joke. Dude, the world's yeah. laughing. Not to mention the, the meeting between our people and the Chinese in Alaska went completely botched and terrible because there are weaklings and the Chinese know it. You want to you hear that little yeah, stretch sure. stitching yeah. video? Get off. Biden actually mocked then-President Trump in September of 2020 about the ramp. Listen. Right. Biden is jabbing back, pointing to Mr. Trump's slow descent down a ramp at a West Point commencement earlier this year. Look at how he steps and look how I step. Watch how I run up ramps and he stumbles down ramps. Okay? Come on. Come on, man. Joe, come on. <laughs> come, come on. on. You're, a li- you're a lying dog face pony soldier, man. You don't know what you're talking about, Jack. You want to have a push up contest? Dude, you. <laughs> I don't. I, Corn Pop was a bad dude. It ran a lot of bad boys. But he could not run up the steps. That's, uh, that's pretty bad. So they brought up some media clips off that one right there of, of <clears throat> when Trump was merely watching where he was going so he wouldn't slip. One of the reporters even brought up, do you see some uh, some diminutive uh, cognivity going on here or, or however they put it? And Biden falls down the steps and they're like, oh, he's good. He's all right. It was yeah. the wind. It's... Yeah, which I mean, that's not even just the, the cognitive aspect. So that's what Trump was attacking was the the cognitive decline where his brain's falling apart. Which the guy was always always prone to gaffes. And Barack Obama's, you know, there there was um, testament to the fact that you know Barack Obama like had said, Joe has the ability to f up anything. Like, and, and he <laughs> is true, and he he does like. And so whenever they passed Obamacare and he whispers into to Obama's ear on a hot mic, this is a big effing deal. Um, the the guy, he, he was never smart. He was, and that's the thing too, like some people, sometimes like in a criminal enterprise, good criminals, it takes intellect to, to, to do good. But dude, you're the, you're the same guy caught saying um, when you're, you and your son were, were operating illegally and taking everybody for a ride in the Ukraine, um, the prosecutor that was investigating the company of which his son sat on the board for getting all that dirty money. Well, I told him to fire that prosecutor or they weren't going to get the foreign aid. Well, son of a bitch, he got fired. We're leaving in six hours. Son of a bitch, he got fired. You're not smart. You're an idiot who doesn't know, like you would be terrible in in, in, an outside criminal enterprise that doesn't have the protections provided your stupid long-term Washington establishment ass you, that you wouldn't have those provisions on the outside. You would never make it. You only make it because amongst the other crooks because you're like now you're still their useful idiot. You've always been a pawn to someone else making more off of you than you made, and now it's no different. So, but w- when you're talking specifically about the cognitive decline, there was there's a stark contrast between even you know during the Obama administration and now. Like you were you, before, you were just a corrupt jer- jerk. You know, lying dog face pony soldier, all the things, hair sniffing, groping. But now, uh, physically, he's also breaking, mentally and physically, he's breaking down. And, uh, man, I, 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 the guy, he campaigned from his basement. And, which is another thing, oh, it's because of the coronavirus. And so the guy couldn't ma- command a crowd. So they, they, um, they go through and, and limit the crowd size, these very, very small numbers and people sitting in their cars. But even now, dude, he can barely break 2,000 views on anything he does, anything. But but he got 80 million votes. But Oh, but they say his rating right now is like 
approval through, rating? Yeah, his approval rating is through the roof right now is what they're saying. Really? Yes. Yes, they are. There but, you know, know, from a global standpoint, everybody, obviously, everybody's watching this, you know, and then he even, uh, Biden even says that Putin is going to pay a price. And so... <laughs> Yeah, that's what Putin says here. It says Putin mm-hmm. on Thursday challenged Biden to an on-air conversation to discuss his latest warning that Putin would pay a price following a report containing evidence of attempted Russian interference with the 2020 presidential election. Biden had also agreed that the Russian president was a killer. It says Putin told a reporter in Moscow on Thursday that he wanted to invite President Biden, that's their words, not mine, to continue our discussion, but on the condition that we actually do it live, but with no delays, <laughs> directly in an open, direct discussion, Putin says, suggesting they hold the live conversation as soon as Friday or Monday, adding that as the world's two leading superpowers, he thought the dialogue would prove interesting for the American and Russian people as well as for the international community. We are ready anytime that is convenient for the American side, Putin said. But during the White House press briefing Thursday, Press Secretary Jen Psaki was asked about Putin's request. I don't have anything to report to you in terms of a future meeting, Psaki yeah, said. The president will, of course, be in Georgia tomorrow and is quite busy. Yeah. With what? Tripping up steps. Yeah. And, and dude, oh, nothing, yeah. And on that note, I I found the official soundtrack of this administration. I just pulled it up. It's hot off the press. That's uh, that's some forty one's fat lip right there. <laughs> yeah. So. That would be like uh, Rocky versus Drago mm. if uh, Rocky. Yeah, only this time was not only this time Rocky's Russian. (laughs) Yeah, Um, and and I that's something I look for in a presidential candidate: somebody that likes to to put their finger in a citizen's chest and then verbally try to put it in the chest of of another superpower, especially do you think Putin would have made such a bold claim with Trump? No, no chance. No, nobody would. No, no. I just read a comment on here. (laughs) Said that. It said that Biden fell up them steps because somebody whispered in his earpiece that Putin was right behind him. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a meme that had Trump teeing off at the oh, golf yeah. course. <laughs> and it, and it, it had Biden every hit in the back. Fell. Yeah. <laughs> it had him getting hit in the back of the head with a golf ball. And so there was some, some uh, words exchanged with North Korea as well. Which is and, and that was the thing that they sold sold you on is that in 2016, if Donald Trump got elected, we'd be in nuclear war. He can't let him have the nuclear codes. And now the Democrats and Republicans both want to take the ability for him to have sole discretion over the nuclear arsenal away. Um, and so everything bad, it's always this way. Everything they say is, is, is the opposite. So what they sold you on was going to be the negative things about Donald Trump are true about Joe Biden, and they were not true about Donald Trump, but there, there's no surprises there. Well, it says a Gallup polling across January, February, March has put Biden's job approval at 56%. So, wow, it says it's a modest honeymoon showing his approval as being above the historical average of 53%. Right. And so, um, and you can say this isn't scientific, whatever. You can say a lot of things, but when you look at 
even so the White House removed the ability for comments on their YouTube videos. Um, and then at one point, I want to say they 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 went through and started to edit the the likes versus dislikes because of the ratio or they call it, but all of them are more dislikes than likes, all of them. And it doesn't matter where they're posted. Anything with Joe Biden has far more dislikes than likes all across every every platform of social media. And so that does that doesn't lie. And so but you're telling me that that these are accurate. There's there's no way everybody is discontent with this administration thus far, gas prices and the like, things other things that we've already discussed. Stuff and again, how can your approval rating after just watching this dude trip up the steps to Air Force One and his approval rating is not affected? Nah, no way. Don't buy it. I wonder what the average Democrat that voted for this guy, I wonder what the average person's, how are they explaining this? How are they rationalizing this? What are they saying about this? They, they don't care because they, they, anybody that voted for this dude is by and large uninformed. Therefore, they don't see this. And they, dude, make no mistake, the media, the mainstream media is not covering that fall. You're not going to see that on CNN. It's not going to happen. So they don't know. And, so, and that's part of that entire plan to protect and coddle this old bastard so that people don't see what's going on. Well, the, the other one that I wanted to cover was um, after a week-long struggle session brought on by our woke staff members, newly hired Teen Vogue Editor-in-Chief Alex McM- McCammond announced her decision to step down from the, posi- the position on March 17th. McCammond had caused a stink among the staff <clears throat> at the outlet for anti-Asian tweets. This is a black chick, by the way. Uh, um, she made when she was 17 years old and in college. The tweets, w- <clears throat> which had been dredged up in 2019 and for which McCammond had already apologized, were brought up once again by a former, pardon me, New York Magazine employee in a viral Instagram post after McCammon landed her Teen Vogue gig. In this woke climate, especially when the media has been fix, fixating on attacks against Asian Americans, the controversy finally stuck. On March 9th, more than 20 Teen Vogue employees addressed the racist and homophobic tweets in a public statement that was shared on Twitter, the staffers wrote, in a moment of historically high anti-Asian violence and amid the ongoing struggles of the LGBTQ community, we as as the staff of Teen Vogue fully reject those sentiments, which real quick is on a side note, because I got a few questions like always. In a moment of historically high, historically high anti-Asian violence. So would the violence and and anti-Asian sentiment be higher than in World War II right now? A moment of historically high have you guys bear witness or or seen any? Okay. Uh, Amid the ongoing struggles, what's what's the ongoing struggle of the LGBTQ community silencing everybody else's first right amendment right right of free speech for themselves? What does does anybody know the struggles? No, No, I'm not not aware of them. I haven't been. I haven't Mm -hmm. been informed of any struggles. That sucks. Of course, McCammond apologized to staff in an email but showed no indication of leaving, leaving the company. In fact, she maintained that she would commit to promoting inclusivity across the Teen Vogue platform for the future because of inclusiveness is, is what we is going to fix this. <clears throat> Only about yeah, a week later. That's what David Hogg was, that's what he was searching for. Yeah. Diversity first, business second. Only about a week later, McCammon suddenly, and she was in the news recently, and we'll get to that in a second. Only about a week later, McCammon suddenly announced that she was stepping down from her brand new position. She put out a formal statement on Twitter saying, my past tweets have overshadowed the work I've done to highlight the people and issues I care about. Issues that Teen Vogue has worked tirelessly to share with the world. And so 
I've decided to part ways. McCammond added that she regretted the anti-Asian tweets and that she has taken full responsibility for them, whatever that means. She also mentioned that she redoubled her commitment to regrowing in the years ahead. Again, whatever that means. A bunch of the circle talk, double speak nonsense. That doesn't even mean anything. What were her tweets? Did it say? That's what I was wondering. No, it doesn't because I do. Either way, McCammon has had a rough 2021 so far. In addition to being essentially canceled by the wokest outlet in America, McCammon's relationship status with disgraced former Biden administration deputy press secretary spokesperson T.J. Ducklow was exposed. Ducklow resigned from the Biden staff in February after reports surfaced that he threatened a political reporter for asking about said relationship with McCammon, who covered the Biden administration for Axios at the time. According to the Axios spokesperson, after McCammon disclosed the relationship with the company, they moved her to reporting on Vice President Kamala Harris. To think that a young, woke, liberal woman of color, journal- color journalists can't catch a break in this town sure spells disaster for the rest of us and our careers prospects. So, that you're the weekly segment that Rex likes to talk about as far as you know, who's canceled this week. Well, this week, it's one of them. And that that proves that nobody is safe from... And that, that's the whole thing, like, which I don't know... But they, like we talked about last week, too, like, you you people helped usher this in. Sure, absolutely. What do you, what do you mean, you people? <laughs> the left. And the so left, that's the thing. Yeah. That you make the rules, <laughs> but the thing is... Whoever no, wants to get offended by it, I guess. Right, and, and nobody on our side is ever the ones breaking the rules that you guys make in every aspect, mostly mostly sexual misconduct, but also, quote-unquote, racist, racism. Like, how many times does someone from the left get popped for stuff that they wrote in the past, Joy Reid would be another example of putting all the, the quote-unquote homophobic stuff on the internet. Then you get busted. But, it's, of course, those rules don't apply to you. You created the rules for us. <laughs> so, and the thing is, every week we get to revisit this because every week you fools break your own freaking rules. So maybe we'll change the name of the podcast to... Something to that effect. And maybe not. Maybe you haven't broken the... Like like this particular chick, you haven't broken the rules this week. Sure. But it, it's an ever-moving goalpost. You broke them a couple of years ago by tweeting something on the internet, and, and you didn't even know you broke them at the time. And yeah. chances are, you still feel the way you felt a couple of years ago. Absolutely you do. But the goalpost is, like I said, it's, it's an ever-moving target, and... None of us can keep up. Like you, you, you wake up in the morning. Where's the goalpost at today? Right. Like I, I don't. And, and here's the sure. difference between her and and eighty million Trump supporters. And I, I mean, obviously, I speak for myself, but I feel safe that nobody in here has tweeted any anything that could be deemed racist in your entire life. Because uh, I guarantee you, I haven't. Because I'm, I've never tweeted. Yeah, because anything. I've never tweeted. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't ever. I can't even think of anything racist that even could be misconstrued as racist that I ever even posted on the internet at all. Because that's not even a thing that that even registers like to doesn't make any sense. So, but like you said, when you move the goalpost and you try to look to make and, and when everything's racist, even y'all get caught in your own net. That's how stupid you morons yeah, are. Yeah, that's why Jimmy Kimmel was backing up. Like one of the funniest bits he did was yeah. where he was Carl Malone, and then it's like, oh my goodness, like it's it's blackface, and you're gonna have to apologize. And uh, and sure enough, like which of the guy ain't done anything funny since. And, and that's all his show is, is just a, I mean, his late night show is just a political hit job. And that I, guy I, probably, and, and which I haven't watched him in years, but, and he probably doesn't have anything to talk about now that Trump's out of office. And it's, it's like a grovel fest, I'd assume, because that's all they're doing is groveling at the, at the feet of these people that can, that, that are pulling this and for, for no reason. Like what? The- I, I heard a good argument the other day about like the LGBT stuff and what we were talking about. 
uh, with Richard Levine and why I, I refer to him as he. Mm-hmm. You like because you're a you're a male like you're you're a biological male. You were born as a male like and you've been pushing all the signs and stuff on us. And biology says that you are a male still. Yeah. And, still looks like a male. Yeah. And yeah. And definitely still looks like one, but, and a lot of Christians and a lot of conservatives go along to get along with, you know, well, maybe we'll just call him whatever it is that makes him no. comfortable. And, and the fact is at the end of the day, that's a lie. And, and you're, you're foregoing your, what you know and what you've been taught since you were born that that is deemed to be true and right as like now we're going to have to basically what what we believe is not asking anything of anyone like i'm not i'm not asking you to conform to what i'm doing you by telling me that you're are demanding yes you woke up this morning and now you're a woman Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. That's and, like when you grow up and your parents tell you, hey, this the grass is green. The grass is green. Grass is green. Then you get 35 years old and they say, no, we're not calling it green anymore. Now the grass is red. Exactly. And and like I said, you're not – now you're, you're asking something of everyone else around you. Like nobody's asking anything of you. You're the one that's doing – that's making the demands now and everybody's supposed to conform to it. And I think a lot of people do. They go along to get along. It's like, well, it's not really – you know, it's not hurting me. It's not affecting me and stuff. Wrong. It, it may not at, at the inception of the of the lunacy, but now those lunatics are, are running the asylum, and, and they're demanding to curb your right to free speech. So, yeah. and, they're, and they're they're provisionally putting things in place like they've done in Canada to um, to control speech. And that's why I watched something this week in Canada. A father was jailed for I can't remember if it was calling his his I, I believe he had a biological daughter that he refused to call he like mm-hmm. you're not using the right pro down whatever jail, like handcuffs jail time like and if you think that stuff's not coming here oh i've had that argument for years there's one specific person uh that i come into contact with in my job a real nice guy one of the things that he had said to me before is like oh politically i'm like you except I'm, i i don't hate gay people I don't hate gay people either. Like, and so I would try to lay out that the roadmap to how we're going to get you know, for years to where we already are. And so now dude's starting to see it my way, but it, it's too late. And that was one of the things, man, is that it, it, people, Oh, as long as it doesn't affect me, like that's one of the worst things that, that conservative people could do and did was give people the ability through complacency to, um, to undermine free speech. And I don't think that it was too far, too, too difficult to see that. It's not that, that, you know, I'm Nostradamus by any means, but it, it seemed pretty predictable given what's happened in other countries. And with the, um, with the amount of volatility and, um, moral decline. Well, I'm with, with the gay community specifically, like if, if you, if you've ever seen any of those shows, with like gay male couples, like they're very um, volatile, and and I'm trying to think of the, the uh, another another word for just how like uh, vehemently angry they they get. Like it wanted, like well, there was one, it was cheaters. That's what I was years ago. Cheaters, everybody likes cheaters. It was an entertaining show, but it was two gay guys, 
And uh, I have to admit it was entertaining. <laughs> but, man, like, because there were several episodes with gay guys. And, and man, dude, they uh, they did not like other guys poking around in their uh, fun hole. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, so, no, not like that. You know what I mean? No, not not like, not. It's not dirty, but uh, it sounded dirty. almost took it the wrong way. Yeah, but uh, they they took it they took it too. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but man, and but that same mentality, like they, that's applicable politically. Like that's what they use, kind of as a, as a political lobby. They have that same veracity. They're they're very angry and uh, demanding and outland and like when you look at their parades and the things they demand, their signage, their verbiage everything man um it was indicative to me that the, these people they're not they they don't behave in a manner that, that would indicate to me that they want to to extend that same benefit of live and let live it was never live and let live for our side it may have been the, the intention was to live and let live theirs never was theirs was to, to to circumvent and override and that's what they're attempting to do that's actually what they're doing to a fairly successful degree right now yeah, that's all. That's the old saying, you know, they're all about diversity, except for when it comes to diversity of thought, just like what you're saying. And just like this guy that we were talking about up in Canada, like that guy held a different opinion. And like we, we want diversity and we want to be inclusive and all of that, except we we can't really be inclusive to you because you don't really believe what we you know, what we believe. What? So therefore, you know, you're wrong. And uh so wasn't off, there, off the there some like a political movement like that sometime like mid last century that was kind of like that? What was who was that again? <laughs> and and because I think that they call us those people now. Yeah, they have a funny looking. Yeah, yeah. And so it's they 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 refer to us and people that that are conservative in nature and in thought is a Nazi when you guys act just like, and like I said, everything is opposite with them. Whatever you say, the opposite is always, always true. So like anti-fascism, you're a fascist, which, yeah, man, I, I could go on and on about that. Another thing about New York, I, I, I was just thinking about is that, um, jet blues looking to, 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 um, move their corporate office from Manhattan to, um, or I'm sorry, Long Island to Florida and said there's a phone call between uh, Schumer, Chuck Schumer and uh, the CEO of JetBlue basically begging them to stay there and talking about everything that New York had to offer. I don't think they're seeing it, dude. So, and uh, I'm sure there's plenty. I would have liked to have heard the list of, of of opportunities and, and things they had to gain by staying. Well, I mean, I can think of a few things that, I mean, New York strong, (laughs) <laughs> it was just right yeah. like and it, which i mean you can if you want to get business and say like um albuquerque man albuquerque strong right yeah I mean, or like so i guess those shootings happened in atlanta the other day mm-hmm. bang atlanta strong get some you know what i'm saying yeah like boston strong yeah what i mean I get it. You're trying to unify people or whatever under a common goal, but what are you actually doing to make New York strong? New York strong. Yeah. I mean, what? <laughs> I, I don't get it. Like, I don't, I don't see how that's a unifying thing. Like, to, to, I don't, I never understood that. So, because I, I mean, yeah. But even some of the YouTubers and stuff, obviously, there's a big exodus from all of the, whether it be California, New York, whatever, to places that are 
still free and open. And I mean, there's even YouTubers that I watched this week that have uprooted and moved to Texas. Like, you know, yeah. or, and I know some that like they're down in Florida and there's a reason. Yeah. Like these people run businesses and they want to be able to, to be open and conduct business. And, and oh, yeah, like Florida's pretty attractive right now for that. Yeah. And, yeah. And not be freaking taxed through the nose. Yeah. Their governor's legit. Mm, for sure. Yeah. Florida, Florida strong. But even the guys over at the Daily Wire, they were based out of California and they recently they moved to, I believe, Nashville. Who did? Everybody at the Daily Wire, Ben Shapiro, oh, yeah. all those, yeah. like yeah. Michael Knowles and, mm-hmm. uh, um, Candace Owens. Yes. They're getting kind of serious about her possibly running for president. Yes. That would be interesting. As yeah. long as Trump doesn't run, which I would rather Donald Trump be the president. For sure. Not that she would be bad. I would absolutely vote for her. But right now, I, I'm, I'm pretty, I, I would like to see some sort of um, ability to rectify what happened, which if she ran on a ticket with him, that'd be pretty amazing. Yeah. That'd be pretty. We're going to cut it there for episode 10 of Common Man's Common Sense. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please subscribe and share with all your friends.